Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Huntworth. Huntworth bringing you quality clothing and packs at a price you deserve. Check them out at huntworthgear.com. And their uh, 20% off sale is still going on um, through October 9th. Uh, so we got a few more days. Uh, and that code is HNT20SPT. Um, does exclude the heat boost items, but um, still some great stuff. Uh, coming out from them so get over there check that out and uh, gonna be using all that stuff at the patreon hunt so you guys that are coming up to that are gonna be able to check out you know tons and tons of their their gear um, I got a bunch of stuff to give away up there uh, Huntworth type stuff um, Zinger sending us a package uh, Latitude sent us some stuff there's stuff on the way from trophy line um, that Patreon Deer Camp is what I've been kind of focusing on, uh, trying to get everything all set up, and uh, super excited about that. That's coming up this weekend. So we're going to have a great camp. Probably uh, 20 to 30 Patreons uh, are going to come, at least in some capacity. Some are hunting. Many are coming from out of state um, to have just a traditional Michigan deer camp. So flying by the seat of our pants on this one. I'm not a guide. I'm not an outfitter. This is public land, but uh, it's going to be a blast, and we're going to have a good time. I can tell you that. Um, some quick things. A lot of the seasons have opened. Um, quick shout-out, Stan uh, Huber out in Washington, shot a doe. Uh, Josh Mapes, uh, check him out, Overdrive Outdoors. Uh, when he's not shooting coyotes, he sometimes uh, shoots deer also. Um, and uh, he shot a doe from the ground uh, after he – uh, smack talk saddles uh he ends up shooting doe on the ground and then the owner of adjustable red dot tim zelenka uh he shot a seven point uh the other night 42 yards uh was able to just dial up that red dot put it on 42 yards and uh no peep sight 
he said it was like 15 seconds from when he saw the deer till it was tipped over on its back. So, uh, pretty awesome there. Congrats guys. Uh, really do appreciate it. And all those are Patreons. Patreons, you know, is a crowdfunding for creators, but we're building, um, a community with like this Patreon hunt with our Marco Polo group. And, you know, that supports the show and helps us to bring it to you every single week. But, you know, we try and give back as much as we can. We do giveaways. We do, um, you know, like I say, the Marco Polo group. Um, I've got a dozen or so saddles. So when someone wants to try out a saddle, if I've got it, I'll send it out to you. Uh, so you can check it out, try it out, show your buddies, um, all that stuff. Um, you know, really, really appreciate uh, these guys. Um, and you can go to uh, com forward slash or chroniclespodcast.com click on the patreon link you can go to patreon.com forward slash chronicles uh, you can go to our uh, instagram click on the link it's like 17 cents a day helps us out tremendously um and like i say it allows us to do this and landon van overbeek from miniota minnesota is our latest patreon so uh as soon as we get back from the patreon deer camp uh, my schedule will go back to normal and I will get you that shirt in the mail. Uh, send out shirts, swag packs, koozies, all that stuff. Like I said, can't thank you guys enough for this. And I'll be doing our Patreon giveaway um, next week after the Patreon hunt. Uh, Edwin, I know you want to win something. I'll do my best. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure you get something uh, this time. But Anyways, um, we always do giveaways partnered with Huntworth with Spartan Forge. Uh, Spartan Forge gives away one of their yearly memberships, but uh, more on that here in a moment with the podcast being with Spartan Forge. Uh, Lucky Buck, they give away either one of their uh, buckets of Lucky Buck or their food plot seed if you can't use mineral in your area. And uh, the cameras down in Missouri, cameras down in Ohio are just going crazy. <laughs> the deer are in there. And the deer um, on the cameras on the private in Ohio um, are still there. No EHD uh, reported in that area. So that's pretty awesome. Um, as well as uh, Zingers, they are, you know, if you, I got a podcast coming up next week with, with zingers, uh, but basically 3d printed compression fit fletchings, uh, fly great. Uh, just great for guys who don't like fletching arrows, uh, but want to play around and do some tuning and, and all of that super easy, great product. They give those away and Spartan forge. You can use code bow hunter at sportingforge.ai to save 25%, but as you're going to hear in this podcast, they now have a free version. That's everything that Onyx is, everything that you can do on base map. Um, basically, all the mapping, uh, you can drop your pins, all the properties, all for free. So you can go on your phone, check that out at the App Store, Spartan Forge. And if you want to buy uh, the predictive stuff, um, any of the advanced features that you have to go on the website to use the code and that code's bowhunter save 25%, but at least go on there, check it out, try the free version. And Bill goes through, um, what's going on with, uh, online mapping, uh, all of that 
all the updates that are coming, the updates that are just out now, um, all of that on this podcast. And we can't thank you guys enough. If Patreon isn't your thing, not a big deal. Tell your buddies about it. Get this free app. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. All right, everybody. Adam back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. And you hear me talk about it on every intro. A lot of the guests um, are guys that are using it, the, the guys that, that know Bill. But um, we're going to talk with uh, Bill Thompson, uh, Spartan Forge. And uh, if you remember the last podcast that I did with Bill, I didn't title it How to Kill Chuck Liddell, but I wish I would have because I feel like it would have got more uh, more rise out of people. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, some updates with the app, um, some new things that uh, that are coming, some issues that they're, you know, w- why things take time that they do and, you know, kind of talk through some of the frustrations maybe that the guys have and, and what Bill has going on on his end. Um, but we were just talking, he was telling me about listening to the podcast with, uh, with Jason Red, and I did that podcast and he said, did you know that Bill was like a, a stick bow guy, like a self bow guy, like back in the day. And I said, I had no idea. And it, you know, thinking through it, it kind of makes sense. But um, talk us through that a little bit, Bill, because I think the the uh, killing a deer with a self bow would be like the most awesome experience, like the, the pinnacle for me. So um, how did that all come about? Uh, it's really a strange story. Um, so I grew up, uh, how can I put this? My mother was kind of like a, uh, uh, free soul. So uh, she got remarried after my father died to a guy that did primitive camping is the best way to describe it. Some of your listeners have probably heard of it, but, uh, it's essentially it's called rendezvous. And what you do is you go and spend a summer living like it's the 1840s. And so you're shaking your head. So I'm guessing you've heard of this before or seen it or something like that. Oh yeah. I got a buddy that was real big into it and he, they'd run around in furs and they'd make bone handle everything. And it was all 28 caliber squirrel Kentucky rifles and things like that. Yeah. yeah all of that stuff. So my stepfather did that and still does it. In fact, I still have a lot of my stuff. So I kind of got ingratiated in it growing up. Um, and you know, had, not for hunting, but for just for fun, I would shoot traditional bows um, or homemade bows, like whether it was Osage or Hickory or whatever, um, and uh, just for fun. So I did that, I don't know, for many years, but there was just for like, you would throw a tomahawk, you'd shoot bows, you'd do all of this type of stuff. Um, flintlock competitions, muzzle loading, like, all of this primitive trade uh, trade craft, um, I guess you could call it woodsmanship, but it was all pointed at just like having fun during this like summer camping stuff. So uh, anyway, I when I got into hunting, I got serious into hunting a few years back. I decided to kind of reinvigorate that part and mer- merge kind of what I had learned in Rendezvous with hunting. So you know, uh, one of the funnier things I think that people get a chuckle out of is. I love hunting in moccasins, even even today. Um, I just find I can be really quiet in moccasins, like uh, buffalo skin, thick buffalo skin bottom moccasins. A, they're super comfortable. 
Um, B, they allow you to be super quiet when you're walking in to the woods. And a lot of times, even if it's really cold outside, I'll still walk in with them and then change my shoes when I get into something that's going to keep me warmer while I'm on the stand. So it's not even like I like to, you know, play pretend or, you know, dress up. It's that the func- the functional aspect of them makes them really good whenever I'm trying to slip into a bedding area or something like that. Before anybody laughs or judges, I just encourage them to try to walk quietly with a big pair of, uh, you know, 2,000 grain boots and then go ahead and try it with moccasins because really they just are like an extension of your foot. So anyway, doing all of that stuff and is actually, I think they cut it out, but I filmed some stuff with the Seek One guys um, and Lee was messing with my moccasins and he was like, I totally get it. I could totally use it these like if i were trying to be silent getting into a spot um but uh anyway so i i i went with the uh, i just went back to and built my own bow again i hadn't done it in a while so i actually um i was looking up videos and that's kind of how i first this was probably like 2013 or 14 i don't remember exactly the year no it's 20 2014 2015 and um, Garrett Prawl, um, the DIY sportsman, had a video on YouTube about making bows. So I kind of went through and redid it all again and just kind of learned some stuff that I knew from from making them when I was growing up and doing shooting them when I was growing up and then shooting them as a hunter and then putting them together and, and, and doing the bending and all of that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I watched some of those YouTube videos, made my own and started hunting um, trout a few years ago as if hunting isn't hard enough i'm really not one of those guys who's good enough to validate using it i just wanted to do it um to say i did it and uh i I got into it i'd kill a few does and uh long 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 story short um i had gotten on a really big um southern maryland whitetail and uh had never seen him on the hoof saw him on the hoof and um put a shot on him and sent it right under him. He was much farther away than I thought he was because of how large he was. Um, I missed the shot. The deer bounded off to like 40 yards and I stood there and stared at him knowing I could have easily taken another shot with any other platform except for the one that was in my hand, including a, uh, a compound bow. And uh, that deer was, I don't know, somewhat, he was up there, 175, 185 inches, something like that. And I just stood there and stared at him as he was looking around trying to figure out what was going on. I could have taken 15 more shots on him, but I wasn't willing to take like a 44 yard trad bow shot. Um, so I just stood there and watched my world melt around me. And that was the last time I picked up a stick bow. I actually even haven't shot one since then <laughs> or done anything with them or anything. It's just like, you know, it's like the girlfriend who did you wrong. Like you won't even pick up her phone calls anymore. Uh, and really it wasn't the bow that did me wrong it was me but now that spartan forge and all of that stuff i have no time to be as diligent in the woods as i'd like to be or even spend the time that i'd like to be spending in the woods um so that's really taken a backseat now so it's mostly compound for me these days well i think that's cool on like a hundred levels right because one I always say, you know, for the for the hunter shaming crowd, you know, and and we're guilty of it too. Uh, you know, oh, you use the gun, oh, you use the crossbow, you know, whatever. Um, you know, unless you chewed your own sinew and you know made a self bow and bent your own arrows over the smoke and did all the the things, like 
there's somebody that's doing it a harder way than you are, right? For sure. At Laddle or something like that. But yeah, I think it's I've actually using that ladle before too, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for fun. But um, yeah, I mean, there's different ways to build them. Like, you know, I had a tillering rack. I've done it. You know, I've used bow staves before and stuff like that. That's not how they do it at Rendezvous. Um, you know, a lot of the guys at Rendezvous will build it exactly how the Native Americans did it. There are stricter Rendezvous than others called like the Jury Southern and Juried Southern, they're called, where even like the stitching of your clothes has to be period. So you can even wear a shirt that was made with like uh, a sewing machine. And I know it sounds psycho, um, but, uh, you know, these guys, a lot of the people who do this or a lot of my friends that do that rendezvous stuff are academics, like historical historian buffs. And there's like two types of guys that do it. And it's kind of like hunting. There's like the there's like the Sitka wearing ten thousand dollar elk tag guided hunt type of rendezvous guy who's there to like do it all perfectly and make it look all exactly the way that was and probably spends, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 on his whole setup. And then there's the, you know, Walmart brand camo, you know, chewing Cope in the stand, uh, smoking a cigarette, $31 on the whole setup, which they're both fine. And they're both awesome. There's nothing wrong with them. It's whatever you want, but it's funny how it kind of breaks down on those same lines um, like everything else. So yeah, I mean, I really, I, I did enjoy it. Um, but even now, as I talk about it, I still think about that deer and missing that deer and getting angry about it as we speak. But you, <laughs> but you know, that you could have that exact same scenario with a compound bow with a deer at 80 or 100 yards. And you say, well, I could have killed him with the slug gun. And if you had a slug gun or a muzzleloader, he could have been out at, you know, 250. And you'd be like, well, if I'd have had the 6.5, you know, like it, it, I, that's why I love bow hunting, and that's why um, it, it's the challenge is always there. You, everything has to go just right. And like I was talking with Jason, like that's why for me, I'm like on the fence about like trad. And I think this year I'm going to take it out and hopefully shoot a doe or something. But the thing is, is that the scenario that you had right there could play out at any point. Like every deer hunt I went on that you go on, no matter where you're at at least in my mind, you could have that double drop tine buck come out in front of you just out of range or whatever. And if you have the, if you're in a rifle hunting zone and you're decided that you're too proud and you're going to have your, um, self bow, like you, you made that decision. That's your fault. You know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I own it. I own it. But, But another thing that I think is like super cool is a, you're, this from what i would say this like super technical guy creating this like you know futuristic app you know uh predictive software for deer movement and here you are at a with a self bow and moccasins so you're not just the the nerdy guy who said well i can make some money off of this you know i can do it better than these other companies um you're extremely rooted in hunting but then also i laugh because of the incredible dichotomy there of moccasins and self-bow and drone app phone thing like what i was talking about with jason it's like you're gonna bring your your trad bow and you're gonna bring a two thousand dollar camera setup to make it even harder like it would be like videoing your rendezvous, 
right? With a, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important. Like one of the things I try to do, and I don't succeed all the time, but one of the things I try to do is to stay balanced. Um, so, you know, I learn arithmetic before you pick up the calculator. Um, I guess is the best way to put it. Or you know, you you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be trying to figure out logarithmic functions if you didn't know how to plot an x y axis like or you wouldn't do these things like in other words um we st- like societally we stand on the shoulders of giants and we don't ever think about it like it's amazing you know when you look around the power works and things are predictable and our society is generally you know uh stable for the most part these days it's kind of falling into question but uh you know the lights are always on and i don't think a lot of people kind of spend the time to think about what it took just to have like a flush toilet, you know, it's 2000 years of history there. Um, going back to, you know, digging ditches in ancient Rome. Uh, and and we're, here we are and all of these things work and we just kind of like enjoy it and, and assume it'll always be the case. And the first thing is it won't always be the case. And for me, I'm an anxious person. So I always like knowing how things work so that if I ever need to do without it, I can either build it myself or figure it out on my own. So, you know, I, yeah, I have a GPS hunting app, but in my hunting pack, there's <clears throat> a Garmin and inReach, um, a SATCOM phone, and uh, a printed out plastic map of the area that I'm going to with a compass. So, you know, the phone will fail or it will break or it will fall or uh, it'll get wet and then the Garmin won't work or your pack will fall into a river or what, whatever. And then at that point, you you know, I, I, I think it's important to know how to do dead reckoning or to shoot a reverse azimuth. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Or to um, plot um, points on a map that you know for dead reckoning purposes to get out of an area that you're in. So I think a lot of that's driven by my anxiety (laughs) because I always think about where would I be if these things all fail, what I'm going to, what am I going to do? Um, and it's kind of a personality quirk of mine or um, an idiosyncrasy of mine to just, you know, if I, if I need to, I can do it. It's why I, you know, I ordered a Tesla cyber truck. Um, so, you know, in a year I'll have a Tesla cyber truck that's running off of a bunch of batteries that can park it and drive itself. I also keep my 1989 F-150 that's in the same state as it's been in since I was 15. <laughs> and if the slave cylinder or the clutch goes out on it, I can repair it my own. If something goes wrong with that Tesla, I'm screwed. <laughs> like there's nothing, even even with an engineering degree, there's no amount of, I'm not going to be able to fix that thing when something happens with it for the most part, or if I do, I'll void my warranty. 
So I just, I like that balance. I think it's a good, it's, it's exhausting sometimes, but I feel like it's a good balance to have in life is to be as rooted in being rooted as rooted in these things as possible for the, for, for the reasons I talked about, but also to have a firmer understanding of where we come from and where we're going and why, you know, the people who came before us, another thing our society really does is we really like to crap on the past and, you know, George Washington was a slave owner, that type of crap. Um, and uh, we just don't have no historical context or sense of what it took for us to get here. And I think when you, you know, when you are floor bending your own bow and understanding that this is how somebody put meat on the table 1500 years ago, you'll be less likely to judge those people for decisions they might have made in a historical context. So for all of those reasons is why I like to do these things, both old and new. Well, I think what's what's funny there is just when you were talking about the floor bending the bow and saying that this is how people put meat on the table. I think from a very like thousand foot view, I think we oftentimes and I think Zach from the hunting public says it the most and, and beats the drum the most, but he's like, you know, they're just deer. Like they're just animals. Like we give them a whole lot of credit and there's guys that, you know, are micromanagers about their gear. And, and like you said, you know, like about shitting on the past is like, even in like the not so distant past where last year's model isn't as good as this year's model. So I got to upgrade my, this, I got to upgrade my, this, I got to get a new bow. I got to do all of these things where, you know, there's still guys that are shooting, you know, the original Matthews solo cams or, you know, things like that. And they're killing deer left and right. And they may be more of your, your $31 Walmart guy, but that equipment still kills. You, you remember these guys did it with a, with a rock tied on the end of a string, you know, and, 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 yeah. and we, we try to focus so much stuff on that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we can get it done with a net ladle. And then that ladle is another thing I encourage people to build and they're a lot of fun to throw. Um, and to talk about the $31 bow guy, one of my best buddies, Johnny Stewart, um, a guy I've really gotten to know, um, is the $31 bow guy and, and kills more deer and sees more deer and knows more about deer. It's funny because, um, my grandpa used to say something to me when I was little about not letting, don't let people see you coming. Um, like, you know, there's no need to talk about yourself or what you do or how well you do things or whatever. Like if you're a good guy and you do the right thing, people will learn that intrinsically as they start to deal with you and it won't have to come as a result of you telling it. And so, you know, everyone was giving Johnny Stewart a, sh a hard time when we were at the, uh, the Spartan Forge get together this spring, we we're getting ready to do this bow shoot. And he shows up with, uh, his bow that he's probably had for 15 years with five different arrows in the quiver. And like one was heavier and one was lighter and he shoots in this way and that way. And everyone is having a good laugh. Well, I think Johnny plays top four out of, you know, and that crew was Lee Ellis and, and Levi Morgan and uh, uh, Drew Carroll and Andy May and Taylor Chamberlain and Garrett Prawl and all of these guys who shoot all the time and are really good shots. And I think the only person that Johnny didn't beat was Levi. I think the last three guys were one of our engineers in our company is a guy named Ethan, Levi Morgan and Johnny freaking Stewart with his five different arrows that were all different grain weights. So people can, people can bust balls all they want about gear setups or not being up to date or whatever. But 
Um, John has proved that persistency kills. And being persistent and always in the deer woods and always thinking about deer is what's going to put deer on the ground, um, not the newest solo cam or whatever, what have you. And, you know, guys, go back and check out the podcast that we did with um, with Johnny Stewart and, uh, and Lane. Uh, Johnny's like the nicest guy ever. And, like, I hadn't met him. I went up and started talking to him or whatever, and I talked to him, like, the entire weekend and I, to the point where I was like, I'm probably just bothering this guy, you know, because in, in about the same second that I thought that he's like, Hey, are we going to do this podcast or what? And I'm like, why? Absolutely. Of course. You know? Um, so, so it wasn't done with a conversation, but yeah, I mean, just the wealth of knowledge and the the way that he approaches everything is, is a hundred percent from that, that perspective of like, you know, uh, almost like, the more you give, the more you get. And it's, it isn't, you know, I've, I've heard it said before that, that hunting is a, a selfish man sport. And I don't necessarily feel that way at all. I would like to share in other people's successes. And I think that the more that you try to help people and show people, you know, it's, it's a karma thing, right? It, it comes back around or the, like the world shows you you know, the way. And, and I think Johnny's like a testament to that. And like, what a, yeah. what a great dude. A great guy who'd give anyone the shirt off their back, off his back and um, helps everyone out whenever he can. And, you know, he, it's funny. Um, we're, this is going to become the Johnny Stewart hour here, but <laughs> you know, we, we talk a lot pro- probably every other day or every three days. Um, and uh, he had become friends with a guy. His, I think I'm going to jack this story up, but you should ask him to tell a story next time he's on. He went out Iowa um, hunting late season Iowa when he was probably in his early 20s and his truck broke down or something along those lines. I'm going to jack this story up and I'm sorry, John, but the, the, the central ethic is the reasoning I'm telling it. But he became friends with this old guy named Mel um, who just recently passed and um, uh, Mel had Johnny at his home, you know, and showed him all of his deer that he had killed and him and Johnny got along and I think had like probably a 20 year relationship, 25 year relationship or something like that. And Johnny would go visit him all the time, just randomly. And he just passed away. And I, I knew Johnny would be on the road already when he told me he passed away. So Johnny texted me and said, Mel passed away a little bit later. Johnny's calling me. He's already on his way to Iowa for the funeral and to help his family out and stuff like that. Um, so this is just a hunting buddy of his. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool having guys like that involved in Spartan Forge, and I think the the pro staff and the podcasts that we work with and the people and the product are all things I'm very proud of as this thing progresses forward because I think we've got the right people involved. Yeah, and and I would I was going to say that too. I mean, like you got the from the from the bow side of it like all the ends of the spectrum right so you got like one of the top shooters in the in the world and then johnny with his mismatched arrows and i i think about that with my trad setup is all my arrows are different the point weights are different but when i talked to warren womack you know he said we asked him what his bow setup was and he's like yeah i don't know i got a whole bunch of arrows they're all different i can't shoot them well enough that it matters you know, yeah. one little bit here or there. He's like, they all fly relatively the same. And so that's just yeah. kind of, and that guy's killed more deer and, and has it on, you know, has a, a diary 50 years long of every hunt, every, everything. And, you know, if there was something in there that wasn't working for him, 
you know, he has data to say, well, I once I switch to this, it would be better. So, you know, it's just, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, the people that you've brought together, uh, as well to, to work on this. So from, from that side of it, I want to, I wanted to ask you, and I told you at the beginning, like from when you started this idea of, uh, Spartan Forge and the predictive deer movement to, to where it is today, like how, how are things going along on that plan or has it, has it changed? Because like, I'll get into my thoughts on it, you know, after we hear yours. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective and my military background, a plan is just a list of things that's not going to happen. Uh, that's that's how I look at a plan. Um, you know, I, I, when I initially started doing this and working with these things, I really thought I was just going to be, you know, developing some cool stuff and selling it to a company who would integrate it with their app, and I would just kind of keep doing that. Um, and that's really where I've been kind of focused. I was focused on being from like 2015 was just I'm going to build these things and I'm going to sell them or, you know, someone will think they're interesting or I'll help some academic do something with it and just kind of I like to tinker. And so when we first, when Spartan Forge first started, um, or I should say when we first formed the LLC and actually started doing things, it was still kind of taking on that trajectory and I had some pretty serious contracts that I was negotiating with companies and uh, a, a light kind of flipped. I'm a disagreeable person by temperament. Um, I don't, and it's something I've worked on for a long time, but long story short, and there's many long stories here, but um, I was dealing with the presidents of one of these companies and uh, I was basically telling them like, I didn't like the contract. And I thought the contract was first off, it was kind of like my foray into the market. So I was taking less on the contract than I knew what my labor was worth either as an engineer, as a soldier, or as a builder, I knew what my labor was worth. I know what I'd charge an hour to do my work like anybody would, like a, like a mechanic would. He knows he fetches 75 bucks an hour, and that's what he charges. Um, so, you know, you can do the math on what it takes you to build something, and then you're going to sell it to a company and for less than what you know it took you to build it. But I kind of looked at it as my foray in, so I was willing to make those sacrifices because it was my first step into the market. It was a big company um, that, you know, they had plans and blah, 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 blah. And then there was stuff written into the contract that just made me feel uneasy. Um, one of, you know, things about like, you know, who I could work with or what permission I need to get and blah, blah, blah. And I had unrelated stuff I was doing with other companies and I'm like, well, you're going to have to stop that. And so I basically was just like, look, this isn't right. I'm not doing this. So I think when this guy is present, this company started seeing that it was going south. He started saying things to me like, well, you're, you're going to need a map for the stuff that you're building. You don't want to rebuild a map. You don't want to have to make an application and front end mobile development is difficult. And, and I, I'm thinking, I'm not saying it to him because I'm trying to be respectful, but in my head, I'm like, no, the machine learning is the tough part. The easy part is the mapping. The easy part is the mobile app. The difficult stuff is the shit that I'm doing um, because like, I know the, the, the cohort of people that it takes to do these kinds of things. Um, and it's not, it's not as simple as, you know, signing into Mapbox and making me an app where I can drop pins. Um, so by the third time that he had said that in the conversation, I was like, the third time that he said to me, you don't want to build your own map. I was like, you know what? I think I want to build my own map. I think I'm going to do that. I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I just kind of, I was like, this conversation's over. I think I'm done here. It's, it's, I'm going to go do this on my own. Um, 
And uh, so that's when I start. That's when the trajectory changed on Spartan Forge. Um, instead of becoming, because even the name Spartan Forge means I build tools for people who are for Spartans. It's a Spartan Forge. Um, the intent was to build tools and sell it to other hunting companies and or technologies or machine learning algorithms or 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 prediction pieces. And uh, that kind of changed in that moment because I'm a disagreeable son of a bitch. Um, and as he kept telling me not to do it, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I, I was probably like 24 or 25 and I was with my step, my, my father-in-law at the time, and he had taken me out golfing and I just wanted to go golfing to drink beer. Now I was probably 22 or 23 because I had just gotten married, 23 probably. And, uh, he had taken me golfing. And at the time I was kind of like a brute, much bigger than I am now. I was, um, more muscular bigger guy and he's like taking me golfing and he's telling me about how i couldn't golf even if i was an athlete i wouldn't be able to golf um and just because he said that to me i went down this path on golf where 11 years later i was like a three handicap and all i did was golf just because i was going to prove this guy wrong that i could golf so that's what i mean by my disagreeable temperament and so that's kind of where spartan forge changed and we did decide we were going to go down the mapping route. And, you know, we've been doing this for nine months now, um, 10 months uh, at the end of this month. Um, and I would say, you know, a lot of these apps have been around for, for between seven and 10 years. Um, and we're just getting to the point now where I think that the application from a development standpoint, right, because you just can't snap your fingers and make it overnight. Um, it takes a lot of time and infrastructure and coding and, you know, um, a lot under the surface it's not as simple to do everything um, but it is easy there's a difference right so, um, but but anyway the app for me is finally where I feel like I am confident with people putting down one app and picking ours up and there's a couple more things that we want to change but you know once we're at this point now everything we're going to do from this point on is going to be stuff that's never seen in the hunting industry or never been seen even in the technology industry or stuff that people might not even think is possible. So we're, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited about what the future holds. And, and, you know, we've had a very good response from the hunting community and from people who know what they're doing in the woods, because there are people who are just hunters um, and there are woodsmen and what was women, you could say, um, and people that are searching for a different experience or they're, they're looking for a different thing in the woods, whether that's, killing mature animal or being able to read the woods or understanding, you know, being able to drop, there's that old Rambo quote, like he could be dropped in the middle of nowhere and he'd come out, you know, clothed and with a meal and ready to go in 30 days. Right. Um, that is kind of like the ethic that we're going with with Spartan forges digitally. You can really get a good understanding of the woods that you wouldn't be able to get any other place. And then when you get in there, you can spend less time, having to learn the things that you were able to learn and abstract and do digitally. And now you can go into the woods and get it done. Um, and your time is the only thing that we don't, we, we can't create more of is time. There's more of everything else. Our time is the most expensive resource that we have and it's the most valuable resource. So the more time I can say fathers and mothers and brothers and uncles and aunts that, you know, they can pursue this passion of being in the outdoors um, and and uh, minimize the amount of time they have to spend away from family or their job to do it, the better. So I'm going to continue to build tools that do that, and I think aid in that, um, and and um, 
and pushing the technological edge of, and capacity of technological development while we do it and kind of um, uh, pave a way for people to to approach the woods in the same way that I talked about before, having one foot in the traditions and having one foot in the future. Um, and I think that's how hunters should be when they get into the woods. It's, um, it's, it's, bring, it's a serious game because we're ending animals' lives um, in our pursuits. So we need to treat it seriously when we do it. Um, and treating it seriously means, you know, being grounded and understanding what you're doing and, and where you're trying to go and why you're trying to go there. Um, and, and be intentional with your movements in the woods and understanding what the difference between a beech tree and a, um, this type of conifer is or what this, you know, all of that stuff is in the app and all of that imagery and all of those things and the prediction is all there. And there are parts that you don't have to use if you don't want to. And there are parts that you can use if you want to. If you're just dropping pins and walking into spots, that's fine. Do that. But if you want to get an understanding of what the predominant wind is in November in this piece of track, this tract of public land in Missouri and what the boat bow to, uh, or I'm sorry, the doe to buck ratio is and, and uh, you know, a state scouting report and all the best imagery that money can buy and the best deer prediction that money can, uh, the only deer prediction as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, and, and do all of that, then you can do that too. You can go as crazy deep as you want to, or you can be as on the surface as you want to. And I think that is, again, up the balance that I was talking about before. So one of the things, and we talked about it a little bit beforehand, is, you know, for me to talk about Spartan Forage to people who haven't used it before was, was okay, well, it's this, uh, you know, algorithm, that military algorithm where they plug in deer prediction, you know, with all these different bits of information to kind of predict where deer are going to be on each time. And so where it's going to be for most efficiently for you to be in the woods, um, on given day in, in area. Now that's all well and good during the deer season. But like we talked about before, you know, I mentioned like in March, unless you're shed hunting, it really, you know, like, okay, how are we going to use this? And so now you've added this mapping and you've got, can you talk a little bit about like the UAV um, imagery, the leaf off and all of that. And then another thing is I had this conversation with uh, Ernie from Tethered a while back. And one of the frustrating things with some of the other apps is when you walk in to a an area with with one of the other maps and you lay a track down, and you want to go to this certain tree and turn left. And then, you know, you have to hit this mark, whether it's Creek crossing or, or ditch or whatever. Um, it looks good in the, in the moment. And then when you save it, those other apps, they do like, I, I don't know what the distance is between their points, but you know, it, it just gives you more of a straighter line or whatever. And the one thing I noticed with Spartan forge on all of my tracks is that there seems to be like points you know, I don't know, how, maybe, you know, specifically like how often that's tr plotting those points, because I think that that's one of the things that I really like about it amongst, amongst other things. Yeah. So we try to sample, um, um, it's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The, the GPS readouts from the device um, as often as possible. It can drain battery. But um, I want the, the device to be giving you this as accurate as possible. So we probably do. I'm not, I can't be sure because I didn't develop these competitor apps. Um, and there could be problems with their code in other places that's making it worse. So I can't speak. Um, I can't speak empirically on how they've done their applications. But I can say from ours is, is that we sample location at as a high, high a rate as possible. Um, and so that should lead. As long as your GPS device inside of your your sensor inside of your phone is functioning correctly, or you're not in an area where you know vegetative cover is preventing the GPS signal from getting the timing ellipse, um, that accuracy should be as high as possible. Um, so yes, we, we we do work hard to make sure that every piece of it is every piece of the application is as solid and dependable and reliable as possible. Um, a lot of times in the in the application industry or the phone application mobile application industry um, it is also a time thing like in order for my me to make sure that my app is stable across every device will take some time so i know i'm really stable across the uh the flagship phones of you know uh, uh android and apple um, but then when you start talking about a a galaxy uh, Pixel 6s from 2011 that you know only got 0.5% saturation in the Android market. Um, it's taken us some time to get to those. So sometimes people will be like, "Oh, it's not working in this area or whatever." So we'll get crash logs and we'll make the fix for the small phone. But yes, it's a really long answer. But yes, we are sampling as as much as possible and getting all of the GPS readouts from the device. Um, and we do realize, though, that you know it will drain some more battery when it's doing that. But accuracy is what counts, and you can always bring in more battery backup with you. Like I carry this thing with me everywhere. This is just a phone charger, but um, uh, you know, you, you can always bring more batteries. Um, what you can't do is uh, uh, make the phone or the application more or less um, accurate on your own. And then, so can you talk about that uh, UAV imagery and the Lambda feature and, and all that stuff, which I think really kind of, made spartan forge like like i said i always say i think it's the best imagery that's that's out there um and why is that it is is the best imagery out there it's between five and 15 centimeter imagery which means on the ground uh five or 15 centimeters will take up one pixel on your phone when you're at max zoom um the competitor apps are between one and three meter imagery um which means one pixel takes up on the ground one to three meters. Now we do have for about 40% of the country, we have this imagery available and it's got historical imagery that goes between three and eight years. A lot of places it's at least five years of historical imagery, but as we expand, obviously there'll be places um, where it's not as new. 
And it's uh, for the rest of the country, we offer three other maps. Mm -hmm. So if the imagery isn't as um, accurate or isn't as good as you'd like it in an area that we don't have the UAV imagery, um, we give you three other map options to choose from. So you can find the imagery in the area that you like yourself. And they're also very good maps and most of them are one meter. So you're getting, not only are you getting the one meter imagery for the rest of the country, you're getting uh, three different looks of one meter imagery, which is again, um, coupled with the UAV imagery, something that we offer that no one else offers. And then to go specifically to the Lambda map itself, the purpose of the Lambda map for me and the purpose, well, the, the, the whole ethics surrounding the application itself is I can do everything with my thumb or I should be able to do everything with my thumb. And a lot, I get a lot of messages from people when they realize they'll use our app for a while, then they'll maybe go back to a competitor app and then they'll realize how many more clicks and how much more um, interaction they have to have with the phone to achieve the same output that they're getting from our phone um, because there's a bandwidth there just like you have a bandwidth in an internet signal in other words how much information can be sent and received you have a bandwidth between your thumbs and the phone um, and you know crappy bandwidth is more clicks so in order for me to you know in in our app we give all 50 states of public land data and of private land data um, in order to access that in our app, it's three clicks. Um, in order to access that in our competitor um, apps, it's between seven and 15 click, clicks, depending on what you're doing. So that doesn't sound like a lot of difference, like click, 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 all right, I did three, click, 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 all right, seven, big deal. But when you repeat that over and over and over again, or you're in the woods, or you're you know, covered up in flies, or you're pulling a deer, or you've got a backpack on your back, that's when you start noticing the three clicks versus the seven or ten clicks, um, and then the you know the 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 applet itself. You can switch the side. A lot of people don't know it, but you can switch the side that our e-tool or our compass-looking device is on, and that compass gives you access to the tools. It allows you if you double-click that, it, it'll put a point on the ground. Um, it gives you the wind right behind it. It gives you your your direction on there, um, and it allows you to switch through maps. So everything can really about 80% of the features of the application with the exception of offline maps can be, you can't generate an offline map through it. I could do it, but you can't right now, but it can all be done through your thumb. So if you're standing on a tree stand and you don't want to make a lot of movement because there are some does in front of you, or you're pulling something out of the woods, you can quickly change between maps. You can quickly drop a pin. You can quickly start a track. You can quickly measure a distance and it's all right there with your thumb. And like I said, if you long hold on that thing, you can switch the side. So if you're left-handed like me, and you want that on the left side, it's there. You can move it to the right hand or whatever pocket you have it in. But then what I wanted with the Lambda map was, was that you could fully configure a map for you that is how you want it to look. So maybe you want in your area, maybe you want private land, agriculture. And, you know, we have an application, we have an update dropping today where you're going to be able to define 10, 20 or 30 foot contours. So maybe on yours, you want 10 foot contours you want um, agriculture and private land data, and you want uh, the SAT-3 imagery. So maybe you like SAT-3 the best in your area. So you configure that Lambda map, and then you it, it, that becomes a configuration, a steady state configuration, and you can reference it. And then, But if you just wanna see topo, you just gotta swipe it. You just go look at the topo, then you swipe back, and now you're back on your Lambda, your custom one. Or if you're like, oh, I wanna see different aerial imagery or the original aerial imagery, two swipes and you're to the aerial imagery and then two swipes and you're back to your Lambda setup. So there's like 
the three basic maps that I feel like everyone will use as a hunter, no matter who you are or what your skill level is or what your technical requirements are, are like the satellite, the topo, and then the hybrid. So everyone wants to see those things. So those are preloaded maps. And then the Lambda map is really your custom map for you as a hunter, where you can define all of these things. Um, so the purpose of the Lambda map was, was to create that fully customizable map. And then the purpose of the device and how we switch between, there are two ways you can switch maps. You can swipe over the compass or you can push the maps button. And then or and then there are two, two ways that you can access tools. You can tap the, the compass or you can push the tools button. Um, and again, it's giving people that modality in order to 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 um, customize their experience the way that they want and to make it as quick or as slow as possible. Um, so that that is kind of the purpose to allow to the Lambda map. I hope I've explained that. Yeah, and it's always great. I don't know. I listened to you on a couple podcasts talking uh, through that, and it seems like every time you do, like the host is like, "Oh, I didn't realize it would do that or that." And so for me. You know, when I was out scouting this last couple of weeks, like that's the thing that's been the most helpful and especially is turning on the track, like just being able to click on it. And then it's like, if you hit that, I don't know what you call the icon, but it's like a circle with a dot in it. Yeah, and, a little record button. And it, yeah. And it just automatically starts. And I'm like, oh, that's all it took. Not, now we're tracking like that's and, yeah. and so that, and then, and then for the the amount of icons that there are for the different setups like for the different pins and the different categories and the different colors like that to me is the best functionality because i was showing john we're getting ready for this hunt but like i'll be driving down the road on the, this public and there will either be tracks there or i'll see deer cross and i can just do two quick things but i just use a blue fish because there's no way that there was a fish in the road right there. So I don't have to think about like, Oh, I had to label that or whatever, but I have a timestamp. I have a date and I know that that's, that's what it is. Cause he's like, what are all these fish? Like, I'm like, well, that's, that's just my own <laughs> personal, awesome but it's, but it's easy. It's, it's that easy to do. And, uh, it, I, I, I think the tracking thing though, for me is like the least amount of clicks. That's the easiest, easiest part um, for me. And it is something that is a little, you know, I, I feel like you have to use these apps a lot to appreciate, uh, appreciate that type of thing. Cause I mean, you know, uh, you, you talk about that, but I think about one scenario in particular where, I had 50 jackets on and I had my um, headlamp somewhere in one of these pockets and I couldn't find it. I had the only light that I could find was one of the little bill lights that has three LEDs and I didn't have a build hat on. I was carrying my bow, all my stuff's on my back and my phone that I'm trying to navigate, you know, three quarters of a mile. And there was a spot that I had to go through. That was, if I went the wrong way, it was way steep water. And if I went the right way, it was, you know, just top of my boots type water. And I'm trying to navigate with another app with the light in my mouth between my teeth with my bow in my hand, trying not to fall pitch dark. 
And I then I've got a whole bunch of clicks trying not to drop my phone in the water, trying to do it if I have to use two hands. And those are the scenarios that you're talking about where that's the functionality where you can do everything just right here. That's, you know, that's when it really matters, <laughs> you know, not necessarily yeah. driving down the road, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're trying to, you know, for me, if I see some deer movement, maybe say I've got some doe near me or in front of me, or maybe I'm in a bedding area and I don't want to move a bunch, but I want to drop a pin quickly on the map. Like I can put, pull the app out. It's on my side. I can scroll to the, put the crosshairs in the area where I want to do, where I want the pin to go. And then I just double click it. And then I have a Spartan shield pin there I, and I'm done. And I put it back in my pocket and then I can make the pin whatever I want to later. But that whole scenario um, I'm, I'm not giving up my position. I'm marking what I want on the map so I don't forget later. And uh, yeah, we've got more cool stuff coming out in the future. Um, that's just a matter of time. I have to build it where, or we have to build it where um, we're going to continue down that road of making this thing as simple and as intuitive and a seamless UI and UX experience that you don't really notice until it's taken away. Um, and that's, I think, is quality design is like something doesn't stick out to you and like bother you with how awesome it is. It just is awesome. And then when you try to do it somewhere else or with something else, then all of a sudden you realize how crappy it was, you know, not to have those features when you're doing something. Cause like right now, I, if I'm, if I want to use another app for whatever reason, um, I don't really anymore. But when I used to, when I was first developing this and I still had to use a competitor app because I was actually going out and hunting, it was like, if I wanted to load, you know, public land data in Minnesota when I was in North Dakota and look at it, it's like a five minute affair, like to get that done. That's just dumb. There's no reason why you would engineer something that way unless you didn't have good engineers. So that, that really, to me, is one of the focuses and what we're trying to do. So for the things that are coming up, and I know that there's some things that are like on the horizon, um, but I think the one thing that people are like beating down the door asking and I know that it exists because I've seen Andy post post about it. I've seen Garrett post about it is the and and you know Johnny and I talked about it at the the Mobile Hunters Expo where when you've got somebody like that you need to have a TV hooked up to a computer to be able to show this stuff in real life because everybody can you know you can show somebody something on their phone uh, but being able to do it through the computer and what I think it w is like, we were talking about this prior to this and I was, I was telling Johnny about it. Like if you have a big screen TV and you say, I can say, Hey, let me show you Spartan Forge. Let me show you the imagery. Where do you work? So I can pull up your work address, show them that UAV footage and we'll find their car. Or like in my case, like yeah. you can see at my house, like my Jeep is here, but the boat and the, uh, the camper are gone and there's no other vehicles. Like I can tell you exactly what day that was taken. And like, you can zoom in to see everything. It's, it's somewhat, uh, you know, unnerving, I guess, if you were, a uh, if you were trying to kill Chuck Liddell, right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so what, where is that at? Yeah. So the web app, um, we were going to release it last week and we noticed that when we were, the whole point for me with the web app is for people to be able to offload points from other competitor apps and then put them inside of our application. Cause we'll get a lot of people that will message us and say, look, 
I'm ready to come over. I really like what you guys are doing, but my seven years of points are in my other app here. And I really don't want to, you know, sit here and manually transfer 1500 points. And I totally understand that and appreciate it. So when we were testing it, um, you know, we just come across a situation where when we were doing more than a thousand points being dumped at one time, the machine was not handling it well. Um, and I didn't want to put out a product that I knew didn't have that built in there and cooked in there because the people who have thousands of points or 1500 points um, are the serious hunters. And those are really the people I want, you know, coming on. I want everyone obviously on the app and using it, but th those are the people that I want coming in here because they usually have a cohort of people who follow them and, you know, are asking questions. And so if those guys are using that app, then his whole group is probably going to use the app. And what I didn't want to do is put out a product that I knew could break when you're putting in a lot of points. So we just had to re-engineer the way that points get displayed on there, different layers, different types of objects, um, so that it is smooth and that it works well and it works well at scale. So we decided to delay. And I think right now we're aiming at the end of the month. So like in seven days, like it fully works, no problem. If you've only got two points and you wanted, or 200 points, and you wanted to upload them and, and use it, uh, you can do that. But if you're trying to download thousands of points off of your you know old app that you were using and putting them in there it would create problems for you so i just refuse to put out a product that i can't stand behind um, and i do understand people get frustrated but I, I i would just encourage them to understand that we are a small business you know we're less we at one point we're less than 10 people i think we're actually at 12 now um and it, i could increase the amount of people here but then i'm going to have to increase the amount that i'm charging for the application and I introduced more problems and really my, 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 my highest value in the company is creating a product that performs as well as possible at the cheapest cost because hunters um, shouldn't be paying 109 or 100 bucks a year for some public data and an application that was built on Mapbox um, that you just drop points on. Like that's the biggest secret here is all of these competitors are using the same mapping program, Mapbox or Google, um, to build out their mapping program, and they're not even doing the hard work. They're just co-opting a map, like 3D imagery and 3D maps. Um, it's it's a service that you turn on for Mapbox. Onyx didn't build 3D maps. Uh, Base map, if they have it, I don't even think they have 3D, or if they do, they didn't build it. Um, none of these people built it. I didn't build the 3D maps that are inside of mine. It's a service that I turned on from, um, um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a service that I purchased from Mapbox that I have to implement inside of my application. So um, when I am building these things that are unique or that do require engineering, um, things like the Lambda map or the UI and UX and the functionality or the neural networks, things that you can't just pay someone to build, I wanna make sure they're as good as possible um, and that they're as stable as possible. Um, and, and I won't put them out until that. And, but I also don't want this industry having to overpay for these things because paying a hundred and some bucks a year for a map box program that you could drop pins on and see public land and private land on is not worth a hundred bucks. Engineering has moved way past that. So I'm trying to keep the price where I think it should be, which means we might be a little bit slower, but you're gonna get a quality product in the end. Um, and I think that's, you know, you, that's one thing I won't sacrifice. So that will, I'm looking to have the web app out at the end of the month. Um, I, I don't see any reason why it won't be. And so what are some of the other things that you've got uh, in the books or, you know, that in the, in the works yeah. that you're, that you can talk about? 
Um, well, we have an update right now that we're waiting on to be approved by Apple. And this update is um, improved contouring. So you'll be able to control the contour lines that you have on your map. You'll be able to specify if you want 10 foot contours, 20 foot contours or 25 foot contours. Um, so our, historically our, our contours were at 30 feet, which is not good enough in a lot of areas. So we added that functionality. Um, and then second to that, we added a free, um, a free version of the application. So you can have, essentially you're just gonna get base map or hunt stand. It's just gonna, or, um, or, or on X, it's just gonna be a free app where you can drop pins, but you also get public land and private land data. So all of that data that you used to have to pay for in the past is just gonna be free. So you'll be able to get, you know, the, the free user experience will be, you'll get a, a weather forecast, You'll get some journaling. You'll be able to drop pins on the map, and you'll be able to look at private land and public land boundaries. That'll be the free app, and then the, and then we're going to have a monthly paid for app at $7.99, um, where you can pay a monthly um, access fee instead of a yearly access fee. Because a lot of people, some of the the trouble tickets that I get from people are just you know, I don't want to pay 40, 50 bucks up front. I'd rather pay a monthly one. Um, so. You know, and I understand that it's a tough economy right now. So, um, yeah, well, those three things are coming out immediately. Um, and then after that, we have a a web map. Our topo hillshade map is going to be unlike anything anyone's ever seen before. Um, that will replace our topo map right now. It will be a hillshade map that you'll be able to put topo lines on if you want to, but you'll also be able to put relief shading on there. You're going to be able to put um, we have a feature with our wear features that we've been working diligently on. We'll display on this map. And for any of our users or any of the, your listeners who've ever seen like Game of Thrones, um, there's like a map in the beginning of the move of the show that kind of shows. Have you seen the show yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like the map that's in the beginning. That's a lot. Well, that's what our new topo relief map will look like. It's almost like a 3D cartoon render, but it makes it really easy to see what's going on. Um, and it was um a ton of engineering went into building this thing but it's better than anything else that's out there and it's unlike anything anyone else has ever seen um that will be coming out very soon we have blue force tracker which um i've talked about um which is essentially uh if you and i are hunting the same spot uh we'll be able to track each other's location in real time and we will be able to drop points with each other they'll just update automatically so how this would work is if you and i are hunting the same spot together I'll draw a polygon around the area. I'll initiate the blue force tracker, and then I'll add your email to it. You'll accept it. And then anytime we're inside of that polygon, we'll be auto sharing points and location. And then you can do this with many buddies or like you had talked about before that you're having some people come out for a, um, a public land hunt deer camp get together. Um, everybody, if you're all hunting the same public land or the same area, you'd be able to draw a polygon around that whole area. And as people drop points or as people are climbing in the tree stands, as long as they have service, you'll be sharing live location, um, but you'll be sharing points. Or, or if you want to push points, at least for these people to go to. Um, and there's cool stuff coming after that. I won't talk too much about because um, in the beginning, I used to talk too much about what I was building. And then everyone would be like, when's that coming? When that's coming? Not understanding that the engineering has to take place. Um, so those things are coming up soon. And then towards the end of the season, finally, 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 we'll be putting on our wear features. The wear features will use that map. We had to build this map that I just talked about before we could do the wear features. 
but the wear features will essentially just show you um, what your leeward ridges in an area are, what your pieces of topo that you should focus on for scouting are, and then where the neural network just thinks you should go look for deer um, for scouting purposes. And that will be towards the later part of the season. Okay. Oh, and then the web app. Well, that's, that's great. And that, you know, the, the blue forest tracker thing is, is super cool when you look at it from the, the hunting camp, hunting group type, uh, scenario. Um, but I've also heard you talk about it in terms of, um, like landowner or permission type stuff where, um, you can give, give that access to the landowner so they can know when you're there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll be able to tell the landowner to download the free version of the application, and then they'll be able to draw their own um, polygon, and then they can add you that polygon, and then whenever you're on their land, um, they'll know. That way, if, you know, maybe they're apprehensive about their kids playing out back when you're up back there with a bow or a crossbow or whatever, or, you know, they've had bad experiences. I wouldn't say it should be the first thing that you offer landowners, <laughs> um, but I would say if they're on the edge about giving you access and you know there's a good deer back there that you want to get after or any deer. Um, I would definitely use it as like a last case scenario. Like, Hey, um, I can buy your risk down and make sure you know when I'm back there and I'm not abusing your land or, you know, I know guys that gave access. Um, well, one of my, our founders is not a hunter. Um, he's an engineer and he gave access to a hunter to hunt his land. And then the hunter was using it to trespass on someone else's land. Um, so, you that scenario would not be able to materialize if you're using the blue force tracker because one would be my but my co-founder would would look at the app and say well this guy entered the property here and then he just walks out of the property he's not even hunting on my property right now so what's going on um and that you know that really turns people off because people are shitheads and they abuse people's good graces and you know allow people to hunt their land and then they go and trespass on their neighbor's land so um it's just more it's just more ways that i'm trying to lessen the friction between non-hunters and hunters to make sure that we have created a framework where everyone can get along and everyone can you know uh, uh understand what everyone else is doing and uh risk is being bought down and people aren't in trouble or in danger or allowing trespassing and land and then landowners are more likely to let hunters on the land which is i think a thing we all want so Awesome. And then for you personally, like, what do you have coming up this season as far? Are, are you going to get to hunt? That's one of the things where uh, start a hunting company, they say, right? Yeah, start a hunting company and then you don't ever get to hunt. Um, I hunted a couple days during the opener here in North Dakota, three days. I think the whole thing was like seven. I didn't hunt all of it. Just too much going on in the background. Um, I'm actually home in North Dakota right now. I just got here last night. Um, I... I I'm working on my father's cabin. Uh, my father died when I was young, and he, uh, uh, his dream was to build a cabin with his sons. And so I took that cabin and that land and bought it, and now I've been working on it myself. Um, so I came out. I just came out here quick to put the roof on before the winter. So I'm going to put the roof on this cabin, and then I might sit a couple nights while I'm out here to just kind of, um, you know, I'll be working all day and then sit for a few hours at night. Um, we're going to, and then after that, it'll probably be, you know, I do my yearly hunt with Johnny Stewart up in PA where we'll be heading up there and hanging out and, uh, maybe doing some stuff with Steve Shirk, who's also on our pro staff. Um, who, if you haven't had on the podcast, you should definitely have Steve on. He's amazing. Um, 
And then we'll be doing a veterans hunt in Alabama in January. So those will probably be the only times that I'm going to have to hunt this year is when I'm doing things for the company that allow me to hunt. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that you can get out at least a little bit and take advantage of that. And there's this app. I don't know if you heard of it, Spartan Forge. It'll tell you like yeah. where you kind of need to be on those times when you don't. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, it seems to me I've heard something about that. <laughs> Well, awesome, Bill. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, always, I'm, I'm glad we got to do this again, like right here as we're going into the season. Um, where If people have questions or if they want to check it out, like where's the best place to find the information about this? And maybe even some of like the 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 user tutorials and stuff out there, because I know that you've got some videos and stuff out there on that as well. Yeah, so anybody can hit me up on Instagram. If they ask like a deer associated question or they just address the chat to me, then it'll come to me. Most times my marketing team is answering that. But um, if somebody addresses me, I will be the one to answer it if they have a question about deer movement. A lot of people ask me about deer movement. I spent a lot of time diving through deer movement. So a lot of people ask me stuff about that. They can do that. They can ask me questions about the application or if they have issues, please reach out to me there. Um, I would say Instagram um, is the best place to get a hold of me, that or Messenger on Facebook um, to the Spartan Forge um, channel. And then um, if they, you know, there's a great user tutorial video done by um, Garrett Prawl, uh, the DIY sportsman that's on our YouTube that can kind of let you know kind of the secrets um, to the application, or not secrets, but just things that might not be obvious to people when they use it. Um, it's a good walkthrough. And I encourage people to do that. I would say my number one ticket it's just people either not knowing how to switch maps um, or, you know, <laughs> it happens a lot where someone will be like, oh, you said this imagery is awesome. This imagery sucks. And then I'll say, well, turn on the UAV layer or swipe your swipe to the Lambda map and bring up your gear and look at the other pieces of imagery. Like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that was there. Thanks. Have a good day. I bet you I, I bet you that is. I answer that ticket 15 times a week at least. Um, and I'll, I'll try to point them to the video and then people will message me back and say, yeah, I watched the video, but I still have crappy imagery. And I'm like, did you do what the video said to do? I'm like, what do you mean? And I'll be like, dude, send me your lat long. So they'll send me a lat long of where they want imagery. And then I'll send them back maps. And they'll be like, where did you get those maps? Those maps are awesome. And I'm like, dude, push the gear button in the corner and there'll be a little bottom sheet that comes up and shows you all the maps you can choose from. So I get it. People are in a rush. They, 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 I'm not judging people. That's not what I'm trying to do. I think it's just funnier. It's not, that's not funnier than everything because I have an automatic thing in my clipboard where I just copy and paste my response uh, to people because it's so frequent. And it, really, that's my problem as a uh, – honestly, and the honest answer to this is that's my problem as a designer. I'm the guy who designed the app. Um, and, and, and so that is actually my problem. Um, to, to overcome that so that it's more intuitive and people understand right away that that gear is there for them to configure their, their custom map. So I actually own that problem in all seriousness, and I am doing things to address it. Um, as you probably, a lot of users will see, you used to only be able to switch maps by swiping compass. Now you can push the map button a second time. Um, and then there's more cool stuff that we're coming out with too, especially as we get into 3D maps. Um, where you'll be able to set up custom Lambda maps and custom 3D maps and that type of stuff um, in the mobile app as well, which is something that I forgot to mention. But here at the bottom, you can see there's a 3D option to turn on the 3D. So you just click that and then your map becomes a 3D map in the background. So 
Um, this is my testing phone. So, but anyway, that's how people can get a hold of me. Our website is SpartanForge.ai. Um, through the website, the only way that you can use discounts, like your guys' discount here at Bowhunter Chronicles. Um, and the web app should be up within a week. Um, and I appreciate everyone's patience. I just don't want to give them a product that I know I wouldn't use. So um, thank you, and uh, please reach out. Awesome, Bill. I appreciate it. And I, I love the conversation. It's always good to hear what's going on from your end because we see it over here. And I, I mean, I try to answer the questions as best I can, but it's it's always great for you to come on and kind of explain through and in the whys of all of this. So uh, again, thanks so much for your time and, you know, while you're out working. So thank you. legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss primo's truth about hunting wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment i'm will cooper and you're listening to hunt stands make your mark podcast on the waypoint podcast network stick around as i bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life